you, River Kids and others, uh, for giving uh, many of our moms a shout out here on Mother's Day. Let me also be one more to say uh, to you moms watching, happy Mother's Day. Uh, my wife, my mom, my own mom who's probably watching, happy Mother's Day uh, to all of you. I also want to acknowledge just the reality, and this is true in our family, uh, Mother's Day is uh, joyful and it's sorrowful. And as we think about uh, Mother's Day today, I know that in many of our stories, there is pain and sorrow connected uh, to Mother's Day. And uh, many of our stories fall somewhere in between the, the joy of Mother's Day and the pain. And so I just want to um, acknowledge that um, to all of you and to let you know that we care for you wherever you are uh, in your story. And we uh, pray uh, for you. And so I want to do that. I want to just pray uh, now uh, blessing over our moms and everyone as we uh, engage a Mother's Day this year, and then we'll get into our message for the morning. So let's pray uh, together. Lord, we, we do thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity for us to gather in this way as a church family. Uh, we do acknowledge uh, the impact, the blessing of motherhood uh, in our lives. Lord, we also um, understand that your scriptures call us to rejoice with those who rejoice and to mourn with those who mourn. And we know that Mother's Day brings lots of different emotions um, to, um, to all of us um, in our family. And so, Lord, uh, I pray a blessing of uh, peace and comfort uh, over each of us, wherever we fall in um, that spectrum between joy and sorrow. Uh, Lord, would you um, minister to us uh, today? Uh, would you speak with us? Would you bring help to us? Would you comfort us? Would you awaken us to the living hope uh, that we have uh, in you, our risen Lord and King? And Lord, as we come now to uh, your word, uh, Lord, would it be uh, a lamp to our feet and a light to our path this morning? Uh, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, uh, good morning again. If you want to turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter 10, uh, I do want to um, just give a shout out to those of you who have noticed over the last weeks that I am changing my coffee mugs uh, every week, and specifically a shout out to uh, Hayden and Aiden who noticed that last week I took my first drink. And so Aiden and Hayden, this is for you. I'm going to drink some coffee here. Uh, here we go. Here we go. Um, again, Mark 10 this morning, verses 46 to 52 uh, is our specific passage. You may uh, remember uh, probably a year or two ago, uh, I spent some time uh, in a, in a, a sermon uh, seeking to redeem the Apostle Thomas's moniker. Uh, he had uh, become known or he has become known as Doubting Thomas after the crucifixion of Jesus. And we renamed him Authentic Thomas, if you remember that message, because Thomas was so uh, courageous and he was so vulnerable with his questions and his process after the crucifixion of Christ. Well, uh, today I want to do the same for Bartimaeus. I want to redeem a moniker of Bartimaeus. His narrative, his story is our passage again, verses 46 to 52. 
in Mark chapter 10. Uh, as you might know, pr- really famous story. Most of us know this story. Uh, Bartimaeus has become known as Blind Bartimaeus, now, which is frustrating for me because the moniker of Blind Bartimaeus is connected uh, to his past uh, before he had this encounter with Jesus in Jericho. And I was asking myself this question this week, what if, what if all of us uh, were known by who we were and what we did prior to knowing Jesus? I would be known as a performance addict Jason or Mr. Overly Competitive Swain or hide your true self because you're too afraid of people judging you or leaving you Jason. Uh, These aren't uh, names that Jesus gave Thomas. It's not a name that Jesus gave Bartimaeus. These certainly aren't names that Jesus has given me. Uh, They are simply names that society gives people, not based on their identity in Christ, but based upon their circumstances, or even worse, based upon their behavior. Well, today uh, we're going to engage this very famous story of Bartimaeus, and we're going to redeem his name together this morning uh, from the ancient city of Jericho, uh, right before, as we've been saying over the last weeks, this is right before Jesus heads into Jerusalem in Mark chapter 11. It's um, the story, let's say it this way, this is the story of saved and healed Bartimaeus, or perhaps we could say this is the story of the Jesus follower Bartimaeus. Story takes place, as I said, in Jericho. I want to put this map up for you to see here. As you uh, look at this map in the red, you can see Mount Nebo uh, to the east, and then heading west, the River Jordan, and then Jericho, and then more toward the west from Jericho is Jerusalem. We know the topography uh, between Jericho and Jerusalem is up to the Mount of Olives from Jericho, then down into the Kidron Valley, and then back up to Jerusalem. And this is where Jesus is heading. I wanted to put this map up specifically so that you could see Mount Nebo to the east. When we think about the story of Jericho, uh, Joshua, Nebo, Mount Nebo, just to the east of Jericho is where Joshua gets uh, really the baton of leadership from Moses. Moses was able to come to Mount Nebo, but Moses was not allowed to go into the promised land, but could see the promised land from Mount Nebo. And you remember the story of uh, Joshua in Jericho. If you grew up in church like me, you might remember that song, Joshua fought the battle of Jericho, Jericho, Jericho. You might remember that song. Um, Here's the story. Uh, Israel crosses the Jordan going into uh, Jericho after 40 years in the wilderness. That's uh, Joshua chapter three. And then the battle of Jericho begins in uh, Joshua, or uh, in Joshua six. Uh, and then the story as you march, God told Joshua to lead the people. They're gonna march around Jericho once a day for six days. And then on day seven, uh, march around Jericho seven times on day seven. And then we know the story uh, from reading in Joshua 6, the walls fall down. So this is where, this is the story, Jesus coming through that same city that Joshua led ancient Israel through 
in uh, this ancient city of God's liberation, and Bartimaeus is by a roadside, and he is a blind beggar. Uh, and he, on this day, he would be liberated too, and the walls of his eyes would come down. In this ancient city of liberation, Bartimaeus would also be liberated. Um, I have uh, titled this uh, passage uh, Rabuni, uh, which is a Greek word. I will unpack that and help you understand what that means here in just a few minutes. But what I'd like to do is just read the passage, short passage for us this morning. So let's just read this famous story together, uh, Mark 10, 46 to 52. Uh, as we read through the story, let me just say this as well. Uh, be asking the Lord uh, as we spend these moments together, uh, where, where am I blind? Where, Lord, where in my life do I need you to heal blindness? Uh, help me see where I may be spiritually blind uh, in my life. I would encourage you to be asking the Lord to engage with you on that as we uh, engage this um, passage this morning. So starting in verse 46, and they, Jesus, the disciples, they uh, came to Jericho. And as he was leaving Jericho, and we know he was leaving Jericho, he's heading west, he's heading to Jerusalem. With his disciples in a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, now remember, uh, it's Jesus, the disciples, and a large crowd. He's a blind beggar on the side of a road. Uh, this is not a quiet uh, begging situation. He is crying out with passion and in desperation to get the attention of Jesus of Nazareth. And so he cries out, I, I believe he screams out, and he says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent, but he cried out all the more. When we are desperate, uh, we don't tend to care so much about what everybody thinks uh, it has a way of bringing real authenticity when we're in a desperate place like Bartimaeus is. And so people are telling him to be quiet, to literally shut up, uh, and he just cries out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and he said, call him. And they called the blind man saying to him, take heart, get up, he is calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, go away, your faith has made you well, or your faith has healed you. And immediately Bartimaeus recovered his sight and followed him on 
the way. Immediately, Bartimaeus is uh, physically, supernaturally healed. He is able to see, and what he does after this supernatural uh, healing encounter with Jesus is he leaves everything behind, and he follows Jesus on the way. What's the way of Jesus? Into Jerusalem. So Bartimaeus is part of the crowd now that's moving with Jesus into Jerusalem uh, for Holy Week. This is uh, our passage Uh, this morning. Again, uh, Bart is uh, quite desperate uh, and he's not uh, caring so much about what everybody thinks of him in his place of desperation. And I think we have a lot to learn today uh, from Bartimaeus. Uh, Again, being rebuked by the crowd, being rebuked um, by many people telling him to behave and stop uh, just fuels his energy more. I wonder if you know people uh, like this. Uh, you tell them they can't do something, and they just keep doing it with even more drive and passion. Uh, that's what's happening here with Bartimaeus. He simply was not going to let this opportunity uh, pass him by. Uh, as we read the story, Jesus stops, he calls to him, and he gets this question from Jesus. I wonder if it connected as we read that, that we just heard this passage last week. It's the exact same question of Jesus. And the question is this, what do you want me to do for you? It literally is the same question that Jesus asked James and John uh, last week in our passage. So what I want to do is I want to encourage you to underline uh, Mark 10, 36, in your Bible, and then underline uh, Mark 10, 51. It's the same question, and connect those two questions. The question Jesus pauses first is to two of his disciples, two of his followers, and the second question is to this blind beggar, Bartimaeus, on the roadside on the outskirts of the city of Jericho. I want us to compare and contrast the question and how they answer the question. How did James and John answer the question? Well, they wanted to sit at the right hand of Jesus in his glory. They wanted uh, something of selfish ambition. They wanted power. They wanted uh, status. They wanted prestige. Well, how did, how did Bart answer the question? Same question. How did he answer? Simply, I want to see. James and John uh, answer out of their selfishness, Uh, I believe that they answered out of their blindness, out of their pride. Uh, Bartimaeus, while physically blind, he answers out of his desperation and his humility. He answered out of his, while physically blind, his spiritual awakening to the reality of who was in front of him. I want to see out of his desperation, out of his humility, he says, please have mercy on me. So you got James and John saying, we want to sit at your right and your left hand in your glory. And we've got Bartimaeus who simply says, please have mercy on me. The distinction between where they are, I think, is really remarkable. And I would suggest to you that their answers were different Uh, Because of who, at that moment, who they understood Jesus to be. Um, James and John uh, called him teacher. Uh, But Bartimaeus believed that Jesus saw Jesus as Messiah and 
Lord, the true Messiah. And I think seeing this difference that James and John calls Jesus teacher and Bartimaeus calls Jesus master uh, is really remarkable. Um, It's staggering, actually. James and John had been following Jesus now for three years. Again, Jesus at the point of heading into Jerusalem to fulfill his mission on the cross, literally before Holy Week. And Bartimaeus, Bartimaeus has a spiritual revelation of Jesus that James and John simply did not have yet. Uh, I want you to look in your Bibles with me to verse uh, 35. So you can see this for yourself. Uh, What do they call Jesus? This is last week's passage. Uh, What do they call Jesus in verse 35? It says, And James and John, sons of Zebedee, they come up to Jesus and they said to him, Teacher, we want to do, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. So they address Jesus as teacher. And the Greek word for teacher is didasko which means teacher, instructor. That's how they address Jesus. It's the same word, actually. Uh, Two weeks ago, we talked about the rich young ruler. It's exactly the same word that he addressed Jesus as, good teacher, good didasco. It's the same word that the disciples called Jesus in Mark 4, the famous story of Jesus healing the storm, and they're engaging with Jesus, and they call Jesus in that story didasco. It's the same word they use in Mark 5 when Jesus healed Jairus' daughter. It's the same word they use in Mark chapter 9 when they are upset that someone else is casting demons in Jesus' name. They address Jesus over and over and over again as didasco. It's interesting to note as well that the Pharisees called Jesus didasco. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 11, and when the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, why does your teacher, why does your didasco eat with sinners and tax collectors? Matthew chapter 12, verse 38, then some of the scribes and the Pharisees answered Jesus saying, teacher, didasco, we wish to see a sign from you. It's interesting to note this because that's not what Bartimaeus calls Jesus. He uses a different name. And that's the reason why I point all this out because the disciples didn't yet have a full revelation of who Jesus was. Was Jesus a teacher? Certainly, he's a teacher, he's an instructor, he's a rabbi. He was teaching them. They were being discipled under them. They understood what Jesus did. He was a teacher. The Pharisees understood the same thing, but that's not who Jesus fully was. Yes, he did that. He is a teacher, but the full reality, a full revelation of Jesus is far beyond teacher. And that's where the disciples needed to get to. And that's where Bartimaeus spiritually already was uh, in this moment. I would say to you that Bartimaeus was spiritually seeing beyond where the disciples were seeing in this story. Bartimaeus understood Jesus for who he fully was, not just a teacher. Bartimaeus believed Jesus was the Messiah. Bartimaeus believed Jesus was the Lord. 
And we know this because of what he was shouting, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Uh, Jesus, uh, transliteration of um, Yeshua, which means Yahweh saves. Jesus of Nazareth, Yeshua, the Savior. And then he calls Jesus a son of David, his belief that Jesus was the fulfillment of all of the messianic messianic prophecies. Son of David, calling Jesus son of David, expresses Bartimaeus' belief in Jesus' royal authority. And then look at verse 51, if you would turn there now and look at this with me. How did Bartimaeus answer Jesus? Again, the question is this, what do you want me to do for you. The NIV, if you maybe are reading in NIV, it says, Rabbi, I want to see. The ESV translates it this way, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And when we think, when, when I hear Rabbi, when I think Rabbi, or I read Rabbi, I think teacher. A rabbi is a, is a teacher. And so that seems like it's, it's, it's the same as uh, the disciples, James and John, calling Jesus teacher, the, uh, the rich young ruler calling Jesus teacher when they translate the word uh, rabbi because rabbis were Jewish teachers. But I, I think that the NIV, NIV translation and the ESV translation are, are confusing to us if we don't do a deeper dive into what the original language is saying here. The, the NASB uh, translates it this way, uh, rabboni, I want to regain my sight. Here's a point that I think is really important for us to notice here. The Greek word that Bartimaeus uses to address Jesus is not the same word that James and John used to address Jesus in last week's passage when they were asked the exact same question. James and John, they use the word didasco, which is teacher, instructor, But Bartimaeus uses the word rabboni, which means teacher. Yes, it means teacher, but it's a much fuller understanding of who Jesus is. It also means master teacher. I think this is really significant. Bart was not calling on Didasco to teach him. Bartimaeus was calling on the Savior to save him and heal him. Bartimaeus was calling on Jesus as Lord and Master, and that's who Jesus fully is. He is the Lord of glory. He is the Master. He is the Creator. And in his desperation and in his humility, he calls Jesus Rabboni. He is physically blind, yes, but he is spiritually fully awake with very clear spiritual eyes. And how does Jesus respond to Bartimaeus calling him Rabboni? Miraculous, supernatural, physical healing. And he says these words, verse 52, your faith, your sight, your supernatural Sight, your faith has healed you. Remember how Jesus responded to James and John? What do you want me to do for you? And they said, we wanna sit at your right and your left hand. Remember how Jesus answered them? It's verse 38 in Mark 10. He said, you don't even know what you're asking. But to Bartimaeus, he says, your faith 
has made you well. Again, the disciples weren't different from the rich young ruler who addressed Jesus as Didasco. Uh, the rich young ruler, he wanted to negotiate with Jesus based on living in the way of the law. And he went away sad and sorrowful. James and John, they wanted power and prestige from Jesus. Bartimaeus, in faith, simply asked Jesus for mercy because he believed Jesus to be the Lord and the Messiah. I think it's really interesting and ironic that there were so many other blind people in Jericho that day. Um, Yes, Bartimaeus was healed of his blindness physically, but he was seeing Jesus just fine. So many others there that day, while physically able to see, remained spiritually blind. And the discipleship process of the disciples needed a fuller revelation of who Jesus fully is. They needed their revelation to move them from an understanding of Jesus as Didasco to Jesus as Rabboni. They needed, they needed healing for their blindness as well. And so the honest question that I want to invite you to ask of yourself is the question I've been asking uh, myself all week is, uh, where am I blind? Where are the blind spots in my life? Lord, where do you need to help uh, me see more clearly? Uh, are, my, are my prayers, when I think about the way I pray and what I pray for, uh, are my prayers for my selfish gain like James and John? Or are my prayers coming from a place of humility and faith and desperation like Bartimaeus? Are my prayers for security and, 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 and power and prestige? Or are my prayers for healing and salvation for my own blindness? Uh, Connor uh, sings a song and uh, has led this song a number of times over the years. Uh, I've been singing this song since my high school days. Many of you know this song really well. Um, Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. I want to see you. I would invite you to consider that song in a really fresh way today as we think about Bartimaeus' story. Uh, That song is a prayer. And the prayer is this, Lord, help me see where I am spiritually blind so that I can see, uh, so that I can become uh, the humble servant that you have called me uh, to be. Um, To be able to see Jesus beyond Didasco to who he fully is as Rabboni, master, Lord, overmastering my life, following him, believing in him, submitting my life to him. Like the 12 disciples on this day in the ancient city of Jericho in Mark 10, like the 12 disciples needed on this day, we too must see beyond Jesus as Didasco. We need a revelation, Lord, we need a fresh revelation of Rabboni. Discipleship 
is a process of being transformed in our minds and in our hearts and in our lives. And as we're transformed to see Jesus, who he fully is, Rabboni, as we're transformed in our minds and our hearts and our lives, our lives literally change. Now, discipleship, Rabboni, it changes us as we surrender and follow the Lord. You know, in the story, uh, Bartimaeus immediately leaves Jericho and he begins to follow Jesus on the way to Jerusalem where Jesus was going. And when we really see, when we have revelation, we, when, we, when we are awakened in the spirit to who Jesus fully is and we submit our lives uh, to him, our paths as well change. Uh, how we think changes, which means how we live changes. Seeing and becoming a humble servants, following Rabboni, like having healing to our blindness church and following Jesus as Rabboni, becoming humble servants of the Lord. It's not a, it's not a burden to us. It's not a bummer for us. It's being liberated. Rabboni liberates us from our captivity. It liberates us uh, from our blindness. It liberates us from our selfishness. It liberates us from our fear and our anxiety. It liberates us into the true realities of the kingdom of God. It liberates us to faith and peace and hope and love. Mary Magdalene was liberated because she believed Jesus to be Rabboni. And immediately, immediately following uh, her transformation, immediately following her conversion of seeing Jesus as Rabboni, everything, everything changed for her. She followed Jesus everywhere. She was the first person on the scene in that first resurrection Sunday uh, back in John 20. You can read the story later. She shows up. She's the first person there. It's dark. She's grief stricken. And she confused. She has this interaction with the risen Lord, with her Rabboni. And she confuses Jesus, if you remember the story, to be a gardener. And do you remember what Jesus says to her to cause her to awaken to his presence? He calls her by her name and he says, Mary. And do you remember her response? It's the same word that Bartimaeus calls Jesus. When Jesus says Mary to Mary Magdalene in the garden on the first resurrection Sunday, her response is this, Rabboni, Master, Lord. Mary Magdalene had the revelation. James, who wanted to sit at the right hand of Jesus in his glory, he had the revelation Two, in our story today, he hadn't received the revelation yet, but he got the revelation. History tells us that James died as the first apostle that was martyred in Jerusalem. He would not discount his faith in Jesus as the Christ. He was the leader of the new covenant in Jerusalem. John, who was also asking to be at the right and left hand of Jesus, uh, he had the revelation too, literally writing the book of Revelation in our Bibles. What do you want me to do for you is perhaps the most important question God ever asks us. 
And how you answer that question depends on how you see Jesus. Do you see him as just a good teacher, as a didasco, or do you see Jesus as Rabboni, as Lord and master of your life? And our answer to the question reveals whether we want to be healed of our blindness or if we want to continue to selfishly see Jesus as a fulfiller of our own desires. If we only see Jesus as teacher, the reality is that we take his teaching with other teachers that we probably have in our lives. And our trust, our trust in following Jesus as Didasco uh, can get shaky sometimes when life is hard and painful. Um, and I say this to you in love, uh, if we only see Jesus as teacher, uh, you haven't fully surrendered to Jesus as, his, as a master, as Lord. It's his lordship uh, in our lives. But if we see Jesus as Rabboni, all other teachers must submit to Jesus, to his teaching, his lordship, his way. Science must submit and medicine must submit and academia must submit. All of these things come under the lordship of our Rabboni. Jesus is not a way, church. I believe this with all my heart. He's not just a way. Jesus is a teacher. Yes, he is Didasco, but he is Rabboni. He is master. He is Lord. He is not just a way. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you high, I want to see you high and lifted up, shining in the light of your glory as the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. Pour out your power and love as we sing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Holy is our Rabboni. Because when we see Jesus as he fully is, he helps us see what he sees, the needs of people. And when we see Jesus and as we begin to learn and he gives us awakening to see what he sees, he helps us to become more like him, which is a humble servant. Let's remember the paradigmatic statement of all of the gospel of Mark from last week, Mark 10, 45, for even the son of man did not come to serve, to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Seeing Jesus as Rabboni is to follow Jesus. And to follow Jesus is to see the needs that Jesus sees and to help meet those needs. This is the way. This is the path of our Rabboni. We're going to sing um, another song here as a response uh, to the word. I also would just um, offer a song to you. There's a song that came out uh, that you can look up um, in, a, in, in a moment when our online service is over. It's uh, written and sang by a friend of mine. His name is Brandon Heath. Uh, Brandon is an old Young Life kid of mine back in my 
uh, 20s. I was on Young Life staff. He wrote a song, uh, and the song is called Give Me Your Eyes. I think he wrote it 2009, something like that. You can find it on YouTube if you want to look it up right after this. Um, I just encourage you to listen to it. I think uh, that song connects really well with the story uh, that we've been talking about uh, today. Um, Let me pray for us, um, and then we'll transition into worship. Lord, thank you for uh, your word. Thank you for uh, saved and healed and seeing Bartimaeus his humility, uh, his spiritual awakening that you are Rabboni. Lord, we want to see you. Um, Open the eyes of our heart, Lord. We want to see you high and lifted up, pouring out your power and love as we sing holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, as we sing this uh, last song. I want to encourage you to um, receive the communion elements as we do every week at Two Rivers, the body of Jesus broken for you, the blood of Jesus shed for you. Um, Come to the table of grace as we sing uh, this last song together. God bless you, church family.